If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 110. My name is Sunsan. Joining me is the great Cinderin, the one, the only, the Danish god himself. Don't do this. How are you doing today, young man? I get, oh, wait, who who would be a Danish god? Is there someone who's like really famous for their pastries? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about literal like mythology gods. I don't know if you guys did world, that back world in the day. World famous Danish pastry chef. Googling it right now. Okay. Okay. That is not giving me any obvious hits. Yeah. Never mind. Great segment. How am I doing? Uh, I'm okay. Um... Just like last episode, if my voice sounds a little bit off, the allergy is still on. But it's actually been a bit better the last two days, so I hope it's going to be fine. Good. Um, so that's nice, at least. Um, and usually, as always, I also kind of just wake up for the podcast, so I have a little bit of a rough morning voice. But that's okay. It's not too bad today. I think I can I can carry you today because I may or may not be in a good mood. Uh, but before nice. we get to that, uh, let's go over our patron shoutouts, shall we? Thank yes. you, as always, to Hakuna Matata, the guy in the chair, Lucas Frankel, Commander Donut. Crowder is now the best inbound passer in the NBA. A sex dream about Axe, and I am also Axe. Making people disgruntled by telling them how gruntled I am. One time, my mom, my mom walked in on me pleasuring myself. I was on the couch and quickly turned away from her pretending to be asleep. Chakar. Playing against Wyvern on lane is so shitty, his second spell should be called Sphincter Blast. The Mega Pope. Don't be afraid to tell us what you want in life, TI in New Zealand. Zan Xavier. Nate Thicko01 Hamscroat supports the Suns and thinks that all Lakers fans should go suck it. Cough, cough, Pop Tart. Agreed. Bacon is rooting for the Suns. Thank you, Bacon. Going to work wearing just a shirt and nothing else, then do my task until someone notices that I'm not really employed there. <laughs> Shark TM and Dude, pro, such a good content piece. Pro Counter Strike 1.6 player. Thank you. Dude, I like I like that going to work thing. Good. That sounds like a lot of fun. Where where could you pull that off though? Mm, probably a lot of places. I think you'd be surprised. That would actually be really funny. Uh, okay. Also, thank you to Sind sells seashells by the seashore. Novi Panda. Stop. Eating Chosnack makes you happy and healthy. Sins fan need to cast a TI-10. Yes. Underscore man. Guitar strings. Ben Broomhead started following the NBA because of Suns fan, but started going for the Lakers before finding out Suns fan hated them. Lol. I think he still forgives you if you change your mind. Pitch Black. Wooden aftertaste. Done talk. Anonymous. The Suns go hard in the paint flocka. Better... A uh, oh, sorry. Peter. A2 kilowatt ace... 
A two kilowatt AC unit, which can comfortably cool a room of up to 20 square meters, produces about 1.4 tons of carbon. Niebling. Produces. Damn. Running Keel and Pentadurk. Thank you, AUI. Loves the podcast and the Animator. I feel like this list is getting longer and longer. That's amazing. That's what she said. Uh, yes, it, she got a list. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for being the in bruges tier if anyone watching or listening is still not a part of contributing to the podcast and wants to you can check out our patreon patreon.com slash we say things there's different tiers you can chip into starting at i think the lowest one is like one dollar a month is it that's right yep so if that's something you would like to do we really appreciate that of course to support the podcast's running to its 111th episode next week it's pretty Maybe. crazy actually we'll see we'll We've see if we make doing, it there yeah Anything could happen, you know. That's but. true. Speaking of anything can happen, Cinderin, NBA mm-hmm. segment might be a little longer than usual. Uh, okay. So the Phoenix Suns, I, what were we at last time? I don't even remember. We were playing the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. What was the score? Do you remember? Two to one? Was it two to one? Or was it one zero? Wait, so... Okay, so we started out 2-0, and that was with our quote-unquote best player out with COVID. Apparently, he had, I think, only the first shot of the Pfizer a few months ago. He still got COVID, but no symptoms, apparently. But he was basically out of commission for 11 days until he could test negative twice in a row. So he came back game three. And he has played like dog shit, let me tell you. I don't know if it has to do with COVID or not, but he played (laughs) so bad. So long story short, it ended up being a, after we left LA, 3-1 advantage for us. Then I went to game five, okay? I said I was going to go to at least one game in the Western Conference Finals. Went with Nikki. And if you guys haven't seen, you can go on my Instagram or Twitter I posted a picture of what my seats look like. The, they cost $1,000, okay? Each? No, total. So they're okay, actually not... But they're not still. Like, they're like 350 bucks each, and then a bunch of ridiculous service fees, okay? So it ended up being about $1,000. And, of course, I, was, I went to like buy them really fast because I wasn't sure if they, you know... It was like a reseller, so maybe I was kind of dumb. I didn't really look what the seats were going to be looking like, okay? I've uh-huh. been to a lot of games in my life. Did you see this picture? I did, yeah. So basically, I'm on the aisle in front of a fucking railing, and then in front of us is a big glass partition kind of thing that's basically, like if I'm sitting and watching the game, which is the most part you're going to be doing, Three-fourths of the court is obstructed. I mean, you can see through the glass, but of course there's like a frame and all that garbage. And then there's people constantly walking by. So you literally cannot see it. You're better off watching the enormous like TV they have in the middle of the court. Okay. Why would people walk by all the time? Aren't they so, watching? No. That's my biggest pet peeve is during the game, people are just constantly like... In, the fact that we're on the end of the aisle, I have to stand up constantly for these goddamn idiots, constantly going to get their drinks, going to get, you know, taking a leak, whatever the hell they're like, nobody's watching the game. They're all pieces of garbage. So I was, I feel bad for Nikki because I was 
like legit furious because I've spent so much money. And then in the third quarter, some buff drunk guy ends up hanging out at that glass partition the entire fucking quarter, basically. Just like, just acting like a fucking gorilla. And the, the guy was like a douche nozzle, like one of those typical like frat boys kind of thing. And nobody wants to confront him because he's drunk. You never know if they're going to get violent. And it, it was just a terrible experience. And we lost oh, the game. That was the icing on top. We lost that game. <sighs> Anywho, we go back Probably to L.A. because of that guy. <laughs> yes. The players got distracted by the gorilla and they couldn't play. No, the problem is we're upper deck, so they can't hear them anyway. Like, it was terrible, terrible, uh-huh. terrible seats. I cannot believe they actually sell seats like that. Anywho. I can, I can, but they can't fucking charge that much for them. Well, it's a reseller. You said so it was a resell. Yeah, right? like everything's so, going to be sold out, so you're buying from somebody else that's just going to jack up the prices because it is the. So, what do you think the original price so. for your seat was? If you oh, had to I guess, have, I have no like for a regular season bucks? game, that's like a twenty dollars seat. Yeah, but this was playoff, so playoff, 100? so maybe one hundred fifty. <clears throat> like they were the, okay. Again, I've been to a lot of games in my life. Worst seats I've ever been in by far in any venue. Uh, anyway, that's insane. So. I'm getting worried now because we're down, we're up 3-2, and like a lot of the games were super close that we could have just lost, and we played like absolute garbage. Game six happened today, and we fucking crushed them, Cinderin. The Suns nice. are in the finals. The NBA finals, we have only been there twice before. Once in, I believe, 1978. My dad used to tell me this story that because he had tickets, he had season tickets from 68, which is when the Suns were uh, a new team, a new franchise. He had them for like 40 years, basically. But he was in Iran during their finals run in 78, and he had to have his brother call him. Just remember how old this is. Had to call him on the phone internationally and put the radio up to the phone so that he could hear what was going on in the finals. So that's the first time we were in the finals we lost. Second time we were in the finals, which is the last time, was in 1993. I was at the game with my dad, the, the last game, game six against Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I was fucking there, 10th row center. The seats were god tier. But we're back. We're back to the fucking Did you win NBA that one finals. or did you also no. lose that one? No, we have never won a championship. So the Suns have never won. Oh, never that's won. exciting. Yeah. Wait, you, you went there in 93? Yes. How old were you back then? I was seven like, years old, seven? and yeah. I had to stand on the seat to be able to see over people during like the later portions of the game. That's uh, why you thought your seats were so amazing, because you were standing on the seat, and then everyone behind you were small. like, these are the worst seats ever. I'm standing behind no. some fucking kid I was a who kid. can't just sit down and watch the game. No, I'm talking about like at the and end of the game when everybody... like a gorilla. He's clearly drunk. Okay, that's true. He's just dancing on his seat. I would have been view. I would have been really annoyed if somebody like me showed up to the game because I was like you have to understand as a kid you're a fanatic. Like I'm a fanatic now, but I literally this is not a joke, it's gonna sound really stupid, but again, I was a kid. I literally would have sacrificed my life to give the Suns a championship. That's how much I was obsessed. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. It's yeah, but again, you're like literally just fucking kid and an idiot. Anyway, not quite that extreme these days, but but yeah, we're we're going back to the final cinder, and I'm really happy because we got to beat the NBA or the, the Los Angeles Clippers, who have four very fucking annoying players that I hate, and I just wanted to use this time to shout them out because they're pieces of shit, and we beat them. Somehow more annoying than Laker players, 
Uh, Rajon wow. Rondo, fuck you, you suck. Demarcus Cousins, dirty player, piece of shit. Um, Marcus Morris, who used to be on the Suns, absolute pile of shit person. And of course, Patrick Beverly, a real true piece of human garbage that should be banned from the league for being so fucking For some annoying. reason, that sounds like an actor. What actor has a name that's similar to Patrick Beverly? I couldn't tell you. Patrick Bateman? Is he an actor? Bateman, something Bateman. It's not Patrick, though. Yes, it is. That's the... Oh, this, that's the fictional character from American Psycho. Right. It's not the actor. It's the character. Oh, okay. That actually yeah, is yeah. quite fitting, then. Uh, all right. So that pretty <laughs> much does... So that means that we will be going to the NBA Finals, and we will be facing off against the Eastern uh, champions, which are unknown so far. They're the series between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks is currently 2-2. Both of their best players are injured, Cinderin. So not going to jinx anything, okay. but the Suns are just, it's the favorites. All right, just one second, Jen. What is the American sport, like the sport that's big in the U.S., that has the least injuries? Is it baseball? Like out of the big ones? what are the, yeah. There's just the big three, right? It's baseball, football, and basketball. Is there anything yeah. else that's big? I well, know soccer's on the way forward, but... Hockey. Some people hockey, put that in the top right. four. Yeah. Hockey also has a lot of injuries, right? It should. With how I don't know. Play, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about hockey, but baseball would definitely be the least, then basketball, and then obviously NFL is the most extreme. I feel like every time in this podcast in the last month that you've talked about a series going on, you're saying their best player is injured. It's so, like, actually, I'm not even surprised anymore. It's just like that happens So here's game. the thing, right? So, okay, this is going to take me off on a bit of a tangent, but you're correct. So this year is a bit of an anomaly because there wasn't much of a break between the last season and this season, right? Because of the bubble and the COVID stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. So a lot of people didn't get a ton of rest, which is why they're attributing like a lot of injuries. This is not normal to have this many injuries. Okay. Now, having said that, I'm just going to quickly go on a, a tangent here. I know this is a long segment, but again, we don't have much to talk about in this podcast anyway. It's turning into NBA. People are talking about how this is an asterisk year if the Suns were to win it, which makes me pretty upset because you could make that argument for pretty much any year. There's always a major injury that happens. It has nothing to do with us. Like, we're still playing well. Um, like, I could literally list off, like, three or four times in the last couple of years that a major injury has changed the complexion. Like, if you're going to have an asterisk year, the bubble from last year is an asterisk year. The Spurs winning a championship in a lockout year is an asterisk year. Or the game literally being rigged against the Suns, which was in a court, fucking literal court admitting that they rigged the games against specifically the Suns. You could make that an asterisk here. Like, there's no end to it. So, fuck you, people that think that. Um, having said that, I do wish that the best players of, <laughs> of the Eastern teams will get healthy because I think we still will beat them. Uh, yeah. No, it's not just their team, right? It was also your own, where the guy came back just now and you said he played bad or whatever, but... It's just crazy how many injuries there seems to be. It's the same in the NFL. There's just so many injuries in these sports. Like It's true. It's kind of crazy. Um, but, but maybe it's just like confirmation bias. Like maybe other sports that aren't popular in the U.S. have a lot of injuries too. I mean, obviously, I suppose like fighting sports, but you have those too. It's just... Um, oh, yeah. Those are different Kind of wild I guess. how many injuries there are. Anyway, to finish up, uh, we will be playing either the Bucks or the Hawks. They still have at least two more games to go. If I had to choose a team that I want to face, it would be the Bucks, even though they're better than the Hawks, I think, because we match up really well against them, and the Hawks are kind of an unknown factor because I picked them to lose in the first round, and they're owning. So I have no idea what to think. Right. 
Uh, but yeah, if so, when the finals come, I will be going to. If there is a game five, I will be going to game five, and I will spend an exorbitant amount of money to sit in a, an okay seat at least. Uh, so that won't happen again. I'm assuming the tickets are already sold out, right? So they, well, I don't actually know when or they when go do on they sale, go on sale? But uh, it might be. I think it doesn't go on sale until you know the opponent. I could be wrong on this. Okay, but either so you way, might like, be able to get them directly this time instead of buying them off someone. No, I think season tickets are sold out, so it's going to be a reseller pretty much no matter what. Uh, okay. And yeah, and then I'm not even guaranteed. Like if we sweep them somehow, whoever it is, then I won't even go because I'm banking on us losing one game so I can get to go to game five. But uh, And the reason you want to go to game five is because you think it's more hype because the yeah. series is closer? Okay. Yeah, it's going to like it could potentially right. be like when we win, if we were to win the championship, that could be the game. Right. So it'd be great if the Suns could hook us up with tickets, but we uh, we went there with Blake Martinez once. He's a, obviously you guys know he's been on the podcast, an NFL linebacker, and he was a free agent looking, and he was either deciding between the Arizona Cardinals or the New York Giants, and I reached out to the Phoenix Suns, and they didn't give a shit. We ended up going to the nosebleeds <laughs> with a potential free agent for the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't give a shit. How is that possible? insane and this is when we were terrible this was last year anyway so yeah i'm obviously happy and we'll see what happens cinderin that was a good job sons apologies all right next thing on the list uh this is hilarious uh i'm gonna put the link of this in the let me actually open it up you probably don't want to watch this as we're live but you can save it for later. I'm going to put this in the live stream, and then I will definitely be putting it in the YouTube description. But a man that is in our, I assume it's a man, man or woman, named Guitar Strings, who's a patron member, made a very long compilation video of the In Bruges segments. And it's hilarious. It's 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes, a bit long, but... If you're a fan of this show, you might enjoy this. So I'm going to link it in chat, and it will be in the description. So thank you to Guitar Strings for making this compilation video. It's, again, very long, but very hilarious. So I enjoyed it thoroughly. Any any comments, Cinderin, before we get I'm started? I'm just looking at the first episodes. I feel like we look younger. That's kind of sad. <laughs> it's two years ago. Yeah, I did look. I mean, I I am fatter now, so it makes sense. But, but yeah, good it's stuff. Not, it's not that much. It was just a marginal thing. It was just funny to see. We appreciate all the content and all the support from everybody out there. So thank you. Okay, so let's get officially started with the episode, which again is a bit light in the Dota content, but we do have some other stuff to talk about as well. Uh, let's start with the TI qualifiers. So... Two regions have finished so far as of this recording, which is Eastern Europe, a.k.a. CIS, and South America. And for CIS, Team Spirit ended up beating uh, Team... Was it actually Team Empire they played in the... Yeah, it was. Yes. Uh, So they ended up taking it 3-2. I actually watched the majority of this series, and this is who I picked. I think you picked it as well, Team Spirit, to come out, right? Yeah. But it was a lot closer than I thought, so... Pretty close games overall. Now, there is the the drama of Na'Vi 
Uh, I didn't do my homework here. Was it Navi that got dropped out? Who talked the shit? Remember this tweet? It was uh, general about Navi. General, yeah. Shit talk Navi yeah, because he got Na- kicked. Right. Gen- Navi were doing well, and then General got kicked for Ramses. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, supposedly, uh, at the time, the captain always wanted to fly, and the mid. Iceberg, I think, I'm not 100% on this, I just want to say that first. I think they really wanted to play with Ramses. Uh, and apparently at the time there was also some talks about Iceberg getting replaced by no one, but they kept him or whatever, or something like that. Maybe I'm mixing together even two moments, but... Anyway, the roster now is really different. Always Wanna Fly is not in it. It's Suneko that's the captain, and no one is playing mid instead of Iceberg. So it's like, it's kind of a pretty star-studded roster, right? You have... Roger, Ramsey's, and No One, who used to play an old VP together with VTune now, and Soneko. And I think General is just having a lot of schadenfreude that after he got kicked from that team, they're just not doing well. What was that they word? They were looking better with him. And, huh? What was that word? Schadenfreude. The fuck is that? It's a word that means that you take joy in other people's misery. That sounds... You have a- that word in English, actually. It's a German word, but... That's a great it. fucking word. Wait, it's a what, really unique word. English does it, doesn't have a word for it, so they took the German one. Wait, what do you mean? Then? Isn't it just a masochist or a sadist? No, it's not the same thing. Taking pleasure in somebody else's a, a pain. A sadist is someone who likes misery in general, right? Schadenfreude is specifically someone who likes the misery of others. For their, like... I don't know, it, I feel like it's not the same thing. Okay. Not completely. I get what yeah. you mean, but it's not entirely the same thing. Okay. Yeah, it, and it's, it's also it's a feeling, that I just don't right? Know the a sadist is a person. Schadenfreude is like the the right. feeling of joy from it, right? I'm gonna look up what the uh, so. the American dictionary is going to pronounce for me. How do you, how the hell do you spell um, this word? <laughs> but yeah, did did General even play in these qualifiers? I'm trying to find the team that he was in. So I think he's just finding joined them losing. But I, as far as I can see, he didn't Definitely play for any of the teams. So. Yeah, so General got kicked, and since then, Navi haven't won anything. And when he was in the team, they were doing really well. They got second at ESL1 Germany. Um, and I think they got another top three placement or something. But, yeah, hasn't worked out with the players that they got in. So, obviously... so to be clear, like the, the, the drama is essentially centered around Ramsey's kind of hopping from team to team. And just dismantling, he's like the eternal envy of CIS. That's basically the narrative that we're hearing from okay. people like General, right? So the mm-hmm. fact that they beat him makes it all the better. But obviously, the team that ends up going to TI in the end is still Team Spirit. So, which again, you know, after the Animator, I would have been surprised if they hadn't made it. But again, it went to five games. So it was pretty close. Pretty close. And then from South America's side, the team that comes out of that, that's another surprise. I picked No Ping just because they're at the Animator and they look pretty good, but they didn't even make it to the Grand Finals. So it was SG Esports beating Team Unknown 3-1. I don't even know who's on SG Esports. I picked SG, so I'm still two for two. Costa Biles on there and 40R. Yeah. Okay, I know, I know these players. Yeah, it's... So South America, three teams going to TI. Yep. That's now the question is which one of them is going to place the highest. I kind of think SGR, actually. We'll who see. knows? Yeah, who knows indeed. And we also don't know when TI is. So again, that's that's true. 
yeah, maybe that's going to impact things quite a bit because teams are not always in top shape. So it's about who is in good form when it happens. And it's hard to be in good form for something when you don't know when you're preparing for it yet. Yeah. So True most teams are probably just taking it easy until they get a new date confirmed. So I think normally, like for next week, it's going to be kind of the same thing where we only talk about the two regions that have finished. So right now mm -hmm. it's NA and SEA that are currently going on. But there is a little bit of a drama we can briefly talk about for the NA qualifiers. So Black and Yellow played Bumblebees, which is B-E-E -E for Eternal Envy. And of course, there's this huge drama around Eternal Envy, which is fitting because of the Ramsey's talk we just had, where he was trying to take over Black and Yellow, like the roster. And it's all we've mm -hmm. talked about in the past podcast. We don't need to rehash it. But Black and Yellow's current team played Envy's new stack, which is basically Sad Boys, right? It's Eternal Envy, Rioya, King RD is new, Z Freak, and Moo. So pretty star-studded. They got 2-0'd by Black and Yellow. So Jubei, yep. who's on Black and Yellow, had an interview, post-interview. <laughs> he has one of the, some of the best interviews, by the way. Uh, he claimed that he hopes that he loses to Undying, which they probably will anyway, because Undying is very mm -hmm. good. And he just wants to beat Eternal Envy's team again. <laughs> it's like, that's all I care about. And but can that even happen? Like, when could they technically meet again in a bracket when they just face an upper? At the bracket now. They would need to go at least two more rounds, right? To face right, off so again. If black and yellow loses to Undying, which they should, they will mm -hmm. go to the second, the third round lower bracket. So Bumblebees have to win two series, and black and yellow would have to win one in the lower bracket. Right. Then, they, then they face. Okay. But the narrative is just too funny. Uh pretty freaking hilarious so yeah that's the that's the update on ti qualifiers so good stuff okay next topic is the reaction to the battle pass so we, here's the thing guys and i i'm gonna apologize in advance because this is one of the downsides of content coming out and then having an immediate reaction to and not being able to digest for a bit because we're used to you know the patch being a week That's later, true. essentially. Yeah. So I couldn't really process like how the how the battle pass felt. I was just going off of my gut and you know, personal feelings, which I guess was a bit selfish. So we've been seeing consistent negative posts about the battle pass this past week. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So essentially, the the things that it's catered around, um, the fact that the Arcana, which we did talk about last week, is behind a paywall, and which yep. has been before, but not when it's a the voted in Arcana. Right. Like the secondary winner, whatever you want to call it, has been in the Battle Pass before. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Dota Plus uh, is part of the weeklies. So you can't do some of the weeklies unless you have Dota Plus, which is definitely weird. And I saw a thing here that shows out of there's 220 empty levels. Is that right? That's pretty insane. That's a lot of useless. I don't know. That's that's really yeah, weird. So I think that's true. What are your thoughts now that we've had at least some time to digest? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, I think all of these three pieces of criticism are valid, and I think that's. I kind of feel the same way. Like I think when we talked about it last week, I said, you know, 
it's nice we get a battle pass we weren't expecting like it's not ti quality but it's still nice to have something for people to play and people to spend money on if they have fun with it i personally don't think the arcana should have been part of it i think the arcana should have been separate i still stand by that that's one of the pieces of criticism uh the second one with dota plus rec being required for weeklies yeah, I think you should probably also keep those things, again, keep them separated. I know what Valve, like, I understand this as a as a marketing move, right? It makes a lot of sense to try to, you know, connect the things so that people kind of double dip, right? You get both things at the same time, and then you get advantages in both of them. It's It makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, I also feel like the, having the Battle Pass as a separate entity is a good thing. I'm. I feel less negative about the Dota Plus thing, honestly, than the Arcana one, because the Dota, the Arcana thing was something people voted for with an expectation that they got what they're used to from all the previous years, and nothing was communicated that this was going to happen. Um, the Dota Plus thing, it's not ideal because you buy, let's say, you buy the battle pass, and you're like, oh, nice, it includes these weekly quests where I can get levels, and then there's not even an asterisk saying, hey, by the way, part of the quests you can't play without Dota Plus. So it feels a little bit misleading that people don't know that when they make the purchase, right? Usually if you make a purchase that requires another item to take full advantage of it, it will say with an asterisk that parts of this or the entirety of this requires this other thing to function. So like you go to a store and you buy an electric device and it doesn't come with batteries. It will say this does not come with batteries, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of like that. It's like, you know, just at least inform that part of the quests that people are expecting when they buy are not obtainable without Dota Plus. And then, then you can discuss, like, is it still cool? But at the very least, people are informed then to make their own decision about whether they want it or not. Um, and then finally, the empty levels. This is also something, like, I've leveled up a couple of times on stream by just playing, like, Nemesis and getting stars in week one and stuff. And I feel like I've leveled up five times and I've got one reward. There's just been, like, a lot of boxes with nothing. Uh, even if the levels don't have something substantial, just that there is something, I think removes that like hollow feeling of, man, what am I even working? Like, what am I getting, you know? In the TI Battle Pass, a lot of the time, it's just these like consumables that you can throw during games or whatever, but still the feeling of getting something, right? It doesn't need to be great, but I don't like that half the Battle Pass is empty. That feels a little bit... a little bit much. Have you been playing the, the event? Nemesis? Yeah, I've played seven games, I think. Wow. That's five more than me. Are you planning to play more? Uh, I might, yeah. I might go for the like, three stars. I honestly don't think it sucks that much. Like, I know a lot of people don't think it's that fun. I like that it's... A, it's nice sometimes to have a game mode where I can just switch off my brain and play for 15 minutes, and then it's over, and it's kind of just, you know, people running at each other, getting the crystal. There's a lot of these, like, what-the-fuck moments where Tinker has a 10-stack... Just one-shotting people with Dagon or whatever—it's, mm -hmm. it's it's nice for a change. Uh, I still don't think it's one of my favorite game modes that Valve has made, but it's also not the worst, and it's also not the three worst. I think so. It's like somewhere in the middle. Really? Huh. It's better than I thought it would be based on the feedback I heard before I played it myself. Um, because I think it has something to it, honestly. But okay, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I I think it's definitely one of the worst, but. I don't. How it just about doesn't this? Have that much What's worse? Value. What's worse? Yeah, which ones have they made that you thought were worse? I I've never been a fan of any of the Dire Tide ones, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it's worse though. 
That might be better. I actually. think Dire Tide is worse, probably. I do. I think I like Dire Tide more than this, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, chat. Okay, Morakai. That's true. Morakai was Morakai. So Morakai for me, it would just worse. be. I think Dire Tide was worse. For me, it's just Morakai is worse. But mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's one of those things where the event is a bit of a dud. And it doesn't bother me that much because not all of them can be amazing, right? Right. But then there's this narrative that Valve are being lazy about it, which I don't, I don't know if that's actually true in this case. But I think it's just, it's just a miss, not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But the battle pass is more concerning, obviously, because obviously the Arcana we talked about. I think the Dota mm -hmm. Plus thing is an interesting conversation, though, because... They've had Dota Plus in the Battle Pass as a reward, right? It just feels like an extra thing you're piling on. But when right, it's you taking the bonus... place of a what weekly... What was it you got, just to specify? last It was last Battle Pass, a TI, right? You just got Dota Plus rewards along with the Battle Pass. You just got extra stuff, basically. Right. And right? I mean, you could argue that like some levels would come up and nobody other than Dota Plus people would get stuff. But mm -hmm. nobody really had a problem with that. And I think a lot of this has to do with Valve maybe trying to push the boundaries, right? They just want to know <laughs> what's too much, what's too greedy, because that's that's what all businesses do is they min-max. Right. So I think their data will probably show. Well, actually, that, maybe that's not even true. I was going to say the data will show that people don't like it, but people are probably still buying the Battle Pass, and it's probably fine. Mm -hmm. Like, And I, it's not so really... The, the... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, so the fundamental difference of why people, at least we think, people dislike it this time versus the Battle Pass for TI is that this time it's core content in the pass that is locked for Dota Plus members, whereas previous Battle Pass, it was Dota Plus content that was locked for Dota Plus members, right? Yeah. And the rewards were only Dota Plus related. So like you would reach a level and what you would get would be Dota Plus shards and I think maybe something else in Dota Plus. I think it's just shards. Um, whereas here it is Dota Plus is required to even complete the quests to get battle pass levels. So that's what's the new thing here. Um, and that's what people dislike. So it's interesting that there was no, now that you say it actually, that nobody seemed to have a negative reaction, or at least very few, to there being Dota Plus stuff uh, shoehorned in on the previous battle pass where they got extra stuff where people could be like, well, I'm paying for the battle pass and I don't have Dota Plus, I should get all the benefits. But people were okay with there being exclusive stuff. So as long as it's not core, I suppose. As yeah, long as it's like in to, isolation. With to Dota be clear, Plus. the Dota Plus stuff, I don't even think is like that. the biggest issue people have. That's just one of the few things, mm -hmm. right? It is. Obviously, the it's Arcana is like the big talking point, And then just the overall yeah. bang for the buck is not particularly good. In fact, downright awful for most people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think this is going to be... Like, you have to look at it this way. I'm trying to look at the other perspective. That's something I've been trying to do lately. Uh, like, from Valve's perspective, you could talk about them being greedy, which, you know, maybe that's true. This is like a business, right? So they're, they're going to be greedy at some point. But this is the first battle pass that isn't really TI-related. Yeah. So maybe it's a bit of a test bed. So I think the threads in Reddit... Again, this could just be a vocal minority. We don't know what people are actually purchasing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But I think even... They obviously do read Reddit, and it matters to them on some level. So hopefully for the next Battle Pass, or maybe this one, they can still... Like, what could you even do for this Battle Pass to make things right? I don't know. Because people have already purchased it. We talked about this last time. If you want to make Spectre yeah. purchasable on its own, you fucked over a lot of people that spent a lot of money in the Battle Pass. So it's actually something you cannot do now. 
Yep. Um, and creating new content is not very easy. It's not like something you can do overnight. Mm-hmm. So what could they do to the current battle pass, do you think? Like, a, is there a quick fix of from any uh, part of it? Let's think what would other companies do, right? If there's something that's <laughs> broken... If there's other no, companies. so the reason I'm searching there for inspiration is that there's been like similar, not necessarily the same, but like, you know, similar things with other companies where like people are dissatisfied with a product or something is broken and not working, right? Like in World of Warcraft, if the servers are down, everyone gets an extra day of playtime on their account or a week if they've been really unstable or whatever. So they like refund in a way. You don't mm-hmm. give money back to people, you just give them free playtime, right? So if this battle pass is deemed to have too little stuff on the empty levels, you could imagine giving everyone 10 level boost, 20 level boost or whatever for free to reach more stuff, right? That's what other companies would do here. would be like, okay, this isn't good enough, so we're going to push you up and give you something for free. Uh, I don't think Valve is going to do that. But not because they're like inherently against the idea of giving people free stuff, but it's just not really the approach that I think they usually take. They would rather repair and improve than Band-Aid like that, right? Yeah. Um, but that's something they could do, would be that. That's why I'm saying it. What they will do is either nothing or they will add <clears throat> more reward. <coughs> oh, Jesus. They will add more rewards on the empty levels, I think. It's probably what they would do to make it more exciting and more meaningful to level up. So if they so do they that, it's not going to be yeah. in the short term. Like this would be like a month later, they would add stuff. Right. It depends what they're adding. Like some of the less complex stuff that they would add could maybe be done in a week. Like consumable stuff that's tied to the season or uh some sort of like you know, you can always chuck in some Rylai wheels or whatever, right? That's what the TI Battle Pass oh, has. They th- have that's that. one way to everyone's can... heart. Rylai wheels. God help us. That's true. Why right. are there not they're so bad? Just put them in. That's true. I literally Maybe they forgot feel like they there's existed. an oversaturation of items, which is very true, obviously. That Rylai wheel just makes shit yeah, loads of items, but they're untradeable. But they're all so. bad items, so it doesn't matter. There's BZZ sets, but at least and I think feel people like you still have like, something. As much as people love to meme about the wheels giving shit rewards or whatever, it's still something, right? You unlock something as a level, it gives you something to watch and to play, and... The chance that you get something cool, even if it's not like an arcana, maybe you get a, a set for a hero you like, um, which isn't necessarily good quality, but some of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something, so right? I, you, I definitely think they should have had the Rylai wheel. So to finish really up on do. this topic, do you think they're going to do something? Yes or no? Yes, but I don't... I mean, it might also just be something like a, a bundle later on, down the road, right? Like they did with TI, where there's like the discount bundle. That's but they not wouldn't doing be doing something. that. That's not right. Doing that wouldn't be a reaction to this. That is just because they're going to do that according anyway. to plan. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think they're going to do something, but I, I really don't know if it's what what it would be. I but think I, I don't if... think I think this is the most overwhelming negative feedback Valve have ever got on a battle no, pass or that's a product in Dota two in general. That's not true, right? No, no. Gif Diertide, come on, Cinderin. The right. original that's meme. Not, yeah, but that's not negative feedback on something they did. That's negative feedback on something they didn't. So right? when they came out with the dire tide again, everybody shit on it because it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. But and then Valve like, learned overall, a valuable lesson. Don't listen to your community. They don't know what they want, actually. <laughs> from my perspective, 
of following the scene from these many years, I think in Dota, this is the single thing Valve have implemented that gave the most negative backlash that they put Ooh, in. I, I think so. I'm going to say that's not it, true, but I can't think what of anything on the spot. I feel like that's not true. Like usually there's something like people are up in arms over something and then it passes after a day or two. I feel like there's negative posts and complaints about this still. When yeah, did this get put in the game? So it's been a week. A week ago? It's one yeah. week. And I think if there's another week of this same amount of threads, 100% they're going to do something maybe even a little bit drastic, what we would consider drastic mm -hmm. for Valve at least. But if it dies down, I think they still do something, but it's going to be maybe Band-Aid's not the right word, but something small. You know, mm -hmm. I think they will do something, though. I'd be a little bit surprised. But only time will tell. I, I just, the problem is, like, the inherent issues that people are having, I don't think you can fix. So I think it will be a Band-Aid. Like, the Spectre Arcana is not fixable because of the reasons we talked about. It's literally not fixable. Um, but you could add stuff, like you said, shitty ass Rylai wheels like give us a thousand Rylai wheels i mean at that point you're bound to get an arcana yeah of course that's how it works right <laughs> yeah just have it escalating odds you know tied to each account that's great okay uh okay just before you move on i think th there was a post from yesterday about this that i i would like to read it out because i think it's really it kind of it does a good job, I think, at explaining or like giving some perspective. So I'll just read it out. This is a post from Anomaluna on Reddit 18 hours ago. So it's called Valve is a company. They have to make a profit the other side of the coin. Fine, agreed, Valve have to make a profit, but you're forgetting the other side. We are the customers. We're allowed to give them feedback. In fact, we're encouraged to. When there's uproar, when there's uproar over the monetization of the battle pass, that is feedback Valve needs to understand and respond to. Not only that, when Valve fail to understand what the customers want and need from a product, they fail to give a better product. Therefore, they also fail to get the maximum profits that they could. Striking a balance between grindability and paid content in the Battle Pass will draw the most number of players from playing the game and wanting to buy the Battle Pass. Even from a business perspective, they're being foolish and hastily making the most greedy short-term decisions. Instead of thinking in the long term and sustaining the game, therefore selling shit to players for a longer period of time. P.S. Valve are hyper aware of the reaction. They have employees checking the subreddit every day. They fixed Yuma's block in under 24 hours. We haven't talked about that, actually. Keep in mind, despite this, they have done nothing to change the battle pass so far. Think about it. So, like, whatever you want to take from this about our Valve doing the right or wrong thing or whatever, I think it's a good perspective to keep in mind that giving negative feedback and being unhappy about something and making that clear is a way to benefit all sides of the coin. It's a way for Valve to learn about the consumer behavior and what people want and therefore deliver a better product. And in return, they could be more profitable by listening to this feedback. So it's not just like, uh, blah, 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 Valve are greedy. They don't give a shit or whatever. If the feedback is something that is important enough and that enough people stand by and that they can see on the sales, then that is a way for them to make better content in the future as well. And I think so that... Like that perspective I, is overlooked a little bit. I, I agree. I'm going to finish with, I think from a monetary standpoint. So look at mm -hmm. it from two sides here, from Val's perspective. Right. Monetary standpoint, they don't give a shit what Reddit thinks. And they probably shouldn't mm -hmm. because that's a minority. Like most of these people aren't buying stuff anyway, or at least not to the, like the big whales are still going to buy their shit anyway. But mm -hmm. 
I think from a perception standpoint, from a PR perspective, I guess PR is not the right way to put it because Valve doesn't give a shit about PR. But I think having like a negative subreddit, like go on and on about stuff about your game is harmful to the game. And I think Valve, obviously, any yes, company would not sure. be okay with that. So that's the aspect. But I also think there. you should combine the two, right? It's not just, I no, don't think course. they're completely separate entities because if this negative feedback also shows on the bottom line, then you have a pretty good feel for what people disliked. Instead mm -hmm. of just being like, let's imagine Valve put this battle pass in and it had the lowest sales ever. They wouldn't necessarily know what the problem was or what the reason was. But when there's all of these complaints and all of these like specific targetings of pieces of content that people disagree with what Valve are doing, maybe they, like you said, maybe they don't repair it this time, but we can prevent it from happening next time so that the consumers get heard because Valve are interested in, like you said, both the perception of the right. battle pass but also the sales. So those two so, things are linked. I, I agree. And having said that, this is where a community manager would be invaluable. Yes. If somebody just came online and posted, or it could be a video, it could be a tweet, literally anything, in two lines, we understand your concerns, we're working on it. Guess what? That's about... Let's see. Let's Let's get a realistic number. That's about... 150 Reddit threads in the next week that will not be created because of two sentences, okay? Literally. Yeah, probably. I, that's something from Val's side. I will never understand why they don't have somebody like that. Instead, there's going to be 150 threads about what that person has in the background of the video shot. Like, oh, look, is there a new Dota hero? They, so. they have that for the Riot stuff. That's true. But, uh, I mean, that, that's a positive thing, though. That's, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, anyway, let's move on. Um, I'm actually going to skip this topic, and it's not even interesting, unless you think it is. All right, I'll I'll talk about it briefly. So, okay. Dota 2 apparently surpassed CS:GO in current players for the first time in a long time. Yay! I don't even know what the regular numbers are, but it has always been CS:GO dominated. So. I don't know if it's CSGO dropping or <laughs> if it's Dota rising um, or a combination. Well, yeah, it surpassed them in a specific moment, but the peak of the day was still higher for CSGO. Yeah. Right? Maybe they had some And also, like, <laughs> honestly, what we, should be, what we should be celebrating is if Dota progresses, not that it beats another game, right? If Dota's numbers are going up, that's good. If Dota and CSGO are going down, but CSGO is going down faster, that's not good. Fuck CSGO. We don't, we don't care. We don't CSGO, CSGO is going to die to Valorant. Fail. That's probably what the drop is, actually. It's just Valorant. I, mean, I don't winning. know. <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't even want... It, it's such a non-discussion. Uh, so let's, let's move on to the last Dota 2 topic before we have a couple non-Dota-related stuff. Okay. Patch wish list, Cinderin. Yes. What do you want to see in the 7.30 patch that has yet to be released, but we expect to be released after the TI quals, right? Because now we mm -hmm. have this... Uh, has this happened before, by the way? Like, has there been like a... I'm not saying this is going to be like a, you know, a giant patch, but in terms of balance, it should be pretty substantial because there's a lot of <clears throat> like stats to work with. Tons of mm -hmm. tournaments, TI qualifiers... Has there been a substantial patch after TI quals before? Yes. Like substantial. So. Okay. Because yeah. I only remember like but small tweaks, not... like a few heroes, nothing huge. 
Right. It, it depends what you consider substantial, right? Because from my perspective, a substantial patch is one that shakes up the balance of the game. But yeah. if what you mean by substantial patch is one that adds a lot of new content, like new hero, no. new items, uh, changes the map out, layout or the shops or all this stuff, then no, I don't think that has happened and I don't think it should. I think that should happen after major tournaments. So the big content dumps should be after TI and after majors and not after qualifiers leading into said big tournaments, I think. Mm -hmm. So the reason I think it's going to be substantial is that I think we'll get a lot of balance changes, or at least very important ones, but I don't think we'll add anything. So okay. I don't know what you want to make of that, if that's a significant change or not. No, I, I'm just... Okay, it doesn't saying. matter. Okay, so what are some things you want to you want to see in this patch? Because like from a balance perspective, I'll let you take the whole bit. Obviously, mm -hmm. Wyvern is on the top of the list. She's... Her heal is ridiculous. I think just... Yeah, the Wyvern heal build is pretty nuts. I, I like the fact that uh, Holy Locket is a thing. I don't think you need mm -hmm. to nerf that item. I think you just need to remove her talent, Cold Embrace talent, with something else. That's one way of doing it. That's sure. how I would do it. Um, it. It's the combination of everything, right? It's the fact that... So you have 15-second Cold Embrace cooldown on level, on level 10, or with, uh, with maxed out Cold Embrace. You have 15-second cooldown. Then you take the talent that gives it plus 1.5% heal per second... Then you buy the shard, which lowers the cooldown to 10 and makes it deal damage. And then you have Locket. So it's like just this like amplifying build where Locket and talent and everything just adds up. And on top of it, you get damage in teamfights. Uh, makes it incredible. So there's many things you could do. Um, you could have the shard not have the damage component anymore. Or you could have it have a less of a damage component. Or you can have it have less healing. There's like... There's five different ways you can nerf this Wyvern heal build, so I wouldn't be too worried about it, and it's obviously going to happen, right? Um, then I think Brood should get nerfed. Uh, it looks like it's been managed a little bit better, but yeah, the hero is kind of nuts in many ways. Um, then on my wish list, I would like Hoodwink to get another shard, because I think it's really uninteresting and bad. I don't think I've seen anyone buy it in a match, ever. I've seen it bought in... I think after it came out, I saw it bought in two pubs and then never again. So people were like, oh, I wonder what this shard is like. Oh, it sucks. I'll never buy it again. And that's basically it. I haven't seen I, it for a month. I think what they will do, I'm trying to find the hero. Uh, Hoodwink. There we go. The cooldown. I think that's what they're going to change. Isn't it like a really long cooldown on decoy? 60 second cooldown. There's no way yeah. they're going to put a new skill. There's, okay, I'm going to say now, 0% chance that with TI looming, that they're going to put a new skill in. Why not? For this shard. It's going oh, yeah. to be... That's true. Like what I just said. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be a, from 60 seconds to like 15. And then yeah. they're going to see how strong it is. Yeah. That sounds good. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree um, with that one. Go ahead. And then, obviously, so with all the stats from the major, I think what was really interesting to see was how... Like, yeah, there's always going to be this couple of outliers of heroes, but I actually think the game felt very balanced. I don't know if you would agree with that. With the, If you removed, like, the five most broken heroes from the pool, the remaining 50-whatever got picked a lot. It felt pretty good watching draft. It wasn't like, oh, this and this and this and that and that. The teams had very different approaches to the game. There were a lot of different strategies being run, a lot of different heroes. Um but beside that, there were still, I think, 25 unpicked and unbanned heroes, which is a lot for a major. Mm -hmm. So I think this patch needs to come with 
not only nerfs, but also buffs to a select few heroes that didn't get picked at all. Uh, my personal bias is toward Pudge and Spirit Breaker that I think are really fun to play, fun to watch, and iconic Dota heroes. Uh, Can we I think bring it's back good for the Pudge game hook when those speed, are good. please? Why was the hook speed ever changed, honestly? Bring that back. When was that? That was like a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe? Well, it used to be faster. Yeah. You don't remember oh, this I change? I don't remember that. Um, Hero feels like shit. Yeah. So definitely like buff some of the less loved heroes. I guess I can't believe I'm saying this. Probably buff Chen. Um, I notoriously felt like this hero has been too good for years and just always been a stable in pro Dota. But right now he seems really weak. Good. I think he got picked one yeah. or two games and wasn't very good. Leave him. I don't give a shit about Chen. Nobody um, cares if Chen makes. Yeah, it I mean, from my own personal bias, I don't. I wouldn't care it's, if the hero. It's wasn't not part just of the game, your bias. But... Like the viewer, like listen to the. Nobody wants to watch Chen. Come on. <laughs> if if Chen oh, was like five Chen spammers in the world that well, love it. Yeah. So. If Chen was deleted tomorrow, how many threads would there be? One guy making a thread and five comments. Nobody and gives a shit. And the thread would be like, "Why didn't you delete another <laughs> hero instead?" That's true. You could have deleted techies <laughs> while you're at it, but uh, not. I miss Chen, but fuck this other hero more. Probably. Yeah, I, I think um, Pudge, like from an actual like balance standpoint, you're not going to change any of his skills drastically in a time like this. But I, no. I do think the Pudge hook should come back, and maybe some turn rate changes to the hero to make him just, you know. Give him a little something, something. Well, he was he was at his peak for the last two or three years when he had the other flesh heap that gave region in lane. I still don't know why that had to go. That's true. It gave him a purpose as a core and a support in lane with a flesh heap skill point, as a guy that could like tank up, trade, and then reset, which makes a lot of sense for a big beefy boy, right? Like, isn't he supposed to be like tanky and trade? I, I thought I really liked the old flesh heap. Yeah, I, I actually I don't know, don't know why. Yeah, now, I agree. I, I mean, it's good. always weird showing up to lane. If, it was too, if the values were too good. But showing I, up to lane with level one flesh heap felt weird. I won't lie, but it was good. So nobody flamed you after know, the I, first I, week. I thought that was okay as a concept. Anyway, uh, what else? That was pretty much the short list I wrote. I feel like Meepo has been pretty dead. Uh, again, against my personal bias, I really don't care if this hero is very good or not, but... Uh, I think it got picked zero games at the major, if I'm not mistaken. It's very unfavored. Usually in these big tournaments, the specialists bring it out when it's time, when they see the perfect game, and nobody ever saw that game. So that's also not a good look for the hero, because usually there will be like You're an talking opening about Meepo? for Meepo pick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know how strong the hero is right now, but I'm okay with certain heroes being only good as a last pick i think you disagree with that right um, i think it's okay for there to be like five heroes okay that are just to be situational okay no well. I, i'm okay with that i'm okay with heroes being situationally good and needing really good conditions and then having a, a good chance of winning the game uh the fact is if meepo never gets picked then either it's not on people's minds at all or the hero has way too many counters in the game right like, if you can go an entire major with the best teams in the world not picking a cheese last pick when it's in the pool every game, mm. then the hero just isn't good, right? Yeah. Or it would have happened. So, it's true. That's, to me, that's a sign Meepo is too weak. Um, but, obviously, a good side effect of Meepo being weak is that it's probably being used less to smurf, which is one of the things that's problematic with this yeah. hero is that it just stomps low games when people aren't playing on their own account. So, Okay, At so least the, thing, that's the things that I wrote down and we'll discuss. Well, actually, one I didn't write down, but the second Roche, I think we've talked about this to death. 
just delete cheese, and I think it's good. You agree with that? Sorry, one more time. Second Roche, delete cheese. Yes. But Agreed. please keep shard. Uh, okay, so the other two, uh, Mage Slayer. I really like the concept of this this item. I just think it's too expensive. Like it feels like one of these items that if you even if you nerfed what it did and just made it like two thousand gold, you know what I mean? Like it feels mm-hmm. better as an earlier game pickup as opposed to some thirty two hundred cost item. Yeah, so if you imagine it had two thirds of the stats but was two thirds as expensive, I yeah. also agree. I think people would buy it more. Yeah. So I really do agree. I don't know if they're going to do anything with that. They might just delete the recipe cost or something like that. Uh, but the one I did want to talk about, Mr. Sinner, and we can go back and forth on this, is the shard and ags for Dawnbreaker. Um, we really quickly just skipped over the Roche thing. Do you, do you feel like we shouldn't elaborate on that a little bit? Well, the, the reason Roche? I wasn't going to elaborate is because we've talked about it every single cast at the Major. And right, but not everyone watched our casts, I guess, well, or they forgot. But we've also talked about it on the podcast many times. I think you, I think you brought this up at the at the major that the win rate for the team that got second Roche was like, was it seventy or eighty percent? Yeah, I made that it was up. Eighty something. Yeah, eighty percent. Oh, you made it up. I did. Yeah. Oh man, it sounded really believable. I actually <laughs> thought you had some stats on that. No, I, I I heard it somewhere. I I may have made it up. I don't actually know, but I'm pretty sure it's correct. Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, you're just phoning it into the major. I fucking love it, dude. That's good. That's nobody's good gonna shit. check. Make the, you think fake, somebody's gonna make go check fake the stats, stats on the maiden stage? <laughs> nobody's gonna check it. You're right. I mean, nobody did, right? You never got called out. No, on it. I, funny, I was though. told by somebody that it was eighty percent, and I just don't remember who. It could have been a dream. Right. It couldn't. My, no, might not have been real. I think real. you're right because I think I also read that somewhere that the win rate was really high. So you might have seen like a stats tweet, and then you just took a snapshot of the win rate there and just applied <laughs> it to the rest of the tournament going That's forward. Right. That's right. Right. So anyway, the win rate is very high, and we don't know what it is, but it's very high on second Roche. And what we talked about is that considering what time in the game you kill him, he just gives too much, right? So either he should not give the cheese or not give the shard, and we're in agreement that we think having the shard is more fun. It adds more variety to the game. It adds more strategic options you have where you can get a free shard. And honestly, cheese is just... I would be happy with it even being removed so it doesn't even drop from the third Roche. Then the third Roche could always drop... Aegis, Shard, and Ags, or Refresher, and the fourth one drops both. And then the cheese just isn't there. I think that would be fine. I think we've outgrown the cheese, honestly. Yeah, probably. It, it's okay to so. be deleted from the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't think many people would actually miss it. Okay? No, so me last, neither. Honestly, I, I don't think... Last it's just an, potential yeah. is Shard, Ags for Dawnbreaker... I have right. not thought of an ag, so maybe we can create one together. But the shard, I think, is actually pretty straightforward. I mm-hmm. think it's similar to like the press the attack, where when you use Starbreaker, you're just magic immune. That's a shard. Shard, yeah. That is really good. I mean, is it Legion shard is better still? Yeah, I suppose. It's really good, though. I would buy that like every game. I yeah. think that's it's, how good it is. It's not good enough to be an Ags. That's the thing. I think yeah, for a shard, true. it's pretty reasonable. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can get two, yeah, obviously, double Starbreaker with a 20 talent, that makes it really good. Just stack it on so top that's, of So that's the thing, right? When I play Dawnbreaker, almost no matter what build I go, and my two key builds are one is an aura slash healing build where I go Mech Holy Locket, and the other one is the damage build where you go like 
Echo Saber, Deso, BKB. But no matter which build I get, I find myself in a lot of games when it gets to that later portion of the game. I want to buy BKB when I'm close to level 20, even if I have the utility build, just because I have two guaranteed Starbreakers that stun in the fight and deal a lot of damage, even with no damage items. Um, so getting that as a shard sounds incredible. That would be really strong. I would definitely okay. buy that. And what about Ags? Do you have any ideas? I just saw an um, idea from my boy Griever, which mm -hmm. this could be cool. Okay. So Solar Guardian, his ult. First of all, get rid of his 25 talent, her 25 talent, which is the Solar Guardian radius, because right. the other one's better in most cases. The Celestial Hammer cat, 1100 extra cast range. So Aghanim Scepter gives you 200 radius on Solar Guardian, and it follows allies instead of just in place. I don't know if that's good enough for a full 4,200 gold. It needs to do more. Maybe a yeah, cooldown reduction as well. Either. But then that's a 15 talent. This is where, like, the Ags is actually difficult to think about. But I like the idea of following an allied hero being a mechanic that you could purchase. What if um, after arriving in Solar Guardian, right, it, it has this landing stun what if it also did something more? Like afterwards, it like scorches the ground and deals damage over time, and it slows. Mm. Yeah, you could do that. That's I don't good. know if that's interesting though. Like it's just. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see why not. And if you I add actually, all you of those what? together, I think, Dawnbreaker, that would be a good I think Dawnbreaker is the kind of hero who should have an axe that gives it a new ability. I think Probably. that's what this should do. But so the similar to like Juggernaut is... getting Swift Slash, right? Yeah. No, I I, I totally think Dawn agree. should get something else. Because I, I think none of her spells really skill. lend themselves to a cool egg, so it's better to give her a new ability entirely. Um, mm. And if you go that route, then there's tons of options for what you could come up with that like interact with her hammer or interact with uh, her healing concept or her like hybrid healing damage concept or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I would also like, like you could use your imagination to be like some sort of a ground slam that sends out healing and damage waves. It could be anything that synergizes with her hammer mobility or something like that. Right. Something you could cast while you're flying or while you're ulting to have an impact. There's all sorts of stuff you could do then. What if Celestial cool. Hammer, when you go to it, anything you go through gets stunned on the way? As Aghanim Scepter. As part of the Aghanim Scepter. That's very strong. Do you think it would be worth for 4,200 gold to do that? Yeah, it's still very strong. Okay. I mean, it depends how long the stun is. If it's the 2.5 second stun or two seconds, it's very good because of their cast range, right? You suddenly get like a, an insane long cast range stun. Well, it wouldn't be 2.5 seconds. Where'd you get that number? That's how long the trail lasts. Oh, two seconds right. is... That would be way too long. Wait, how long does the slow... Yeah, so the slow lasts 2.5, right? Because it's connected with the trail. So something I would love for them to do for this hero is be able to cast your first ability while your hammer is out. I don't know yeah. if I brought that up before. <laughs> you did. You did. You did on the Fuck. first day. Stupidest fucking mechanic. But the law! Stupidest no. argument as well. Just want to throw You know what? There. You know what the weirdest one is? Oh, I mean, it makes sense. Again, it makes sense from how the hero is built, but you can't ult while your hammer is out either. Yeah, why? That's honestly the bigger one for me that's inconvenient sometimes. But again, Don't you it's think... one of those things where your point of view, your argument is why should we put up with this shit? And my point of view is get good and play around it. But 
from a design perspective, I see where you're coming from that you can feel like it's awkward. I personally just am on the other side of that fence where I like in game design that spells require or have downsides. I like heroes where when you do something, you can't do something else or you need to take things into account. That's why I love playing Wyvern and Oracle, I guess, is because my spells can have super huge impact, but they work really differently, right? You heal an ally, but you also stun them. You curse an enemy, so you taunt them, but they also don't take damage from your team. On Oracle, you disarm someone, but they also get magic immune. You damage them, but you also heal them, right? I think that kind of stuff is really cool. I like spells that aren't inherently only good. I so, don't But Undaunt is a little bit different. It's different, because it's not like, okay, you throw out your Celestial Hammer, and it deals damage to enemies, but also yourself. That's not what it does. It's just, you throw out your Hammer, therefore you cannot use your other spell. So that's more like a, a convenience thing, where on Oracle, it's more of a design thing, right? Imagine so I can see it. if like, you could use both in conjunction, like, just imagine a world where you could use both, okay? Mm -hmm. And the skill shot involved in landing a hammer, like the Q, while your hammer is moving you. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so fucking you could... cool. That's like a that's skill really shot. That's really cool. I like that, actually. That sounds cool. Like, you're, you're getting rid of all these potential cool plays by adding some absolutely ridiculous mechanic that doesn't need to be there for any reason other than fucking lore. I didn't think about it that way. So what you're saying is you will, when you get the automatic pull toward the hammer, if you're in the middle of Starbreaker, Starbreaker doesn't get interrupted. It just right. continues yes. while you get pulled. That actually sounds super fun. That's cool. I like that. I never thought of it that way when you said it the first day. You just made it sound like, hey, I want to be able to use my spells at the same time. I do, and... that as well. Right, of course. But that interaction sounds a lot of fun, actually. Because okay. then, like you said, it adds I'll a new skill win. element where you can land a cool combo with getting a stun from the hammer returning. It almost becomes like a combo thing like Earth Spirit, landing chain spells and stuff. That's, that sounds nice. Okay. Like Thank it. you. Thank you, Sindarin. I'll take the win. Good suggestion. Shannon, you did a good suggestion for Dota. Ice Frog, listen in, buddy. Make okay. sure also Dawnbreaker should be able to one-shot the fountain because the fountain is way too strong. I'm going to ignore that slight. Okay. Uh, just want to keep in mind when I was raging about the fountain, they did buff it. Just not enough. You know, It's okay. Just need one more step. That was plan A. Uh, or that was step one of two. Just need that second one. All right. Next thing on the list is non-Dota-related Windows 11, Cinderin. Oh, I think we briefly talked about how it was leaked, that they were announcing something. We didn't have any information. Now we have a lot of information because people are able to use it as a pre-release type of thing. I forget what they actually call it. It will be coming out... I. God, they said holidays, so October is going to be the earliest aspect of that, I believe. Um, some things that it will come with, <clears throat> a centered taskbar, <laughs> very much like the iOS uh, interface, but you can remove it and make it you know, the old-fashioned bottom left uh, start menu and all that good stuff. There's going to be What's a bunch the appeal? of... The appeal to what? To having a centered taskbar. I actually prefer it. The, the what appeal, does it do? like, what's the appeal? I'm just trying to understand. I'm not saying it's stupid, but wh it's, why does that make a difference? It's more of a design. I don't think it has anything to do with like productivity, but like for me right now, I have like a bunch of like the start menu and then a bunch of like the pinned apps or whatever on the bottom left. Mm -hmm. Then I have a shit ton of open space that never gets used. And then 
my clock with its like little apps, right? Right. But if you move the apps to the center, what would you use the left side for? Nothing. That's true. It's not perfectly uniform. So it doesn't really add any, like you don't get any functionality out of it. You just move the icons. I understand if people think it's nicer to have them in the center. I just, I, mean, I don't see much it, difference. It's a personal yeah. preference. I don't really care uh -huh. that much. But at the same time, you can change it to be the old mm -hmm. school. So it doesn't matter. Sure. Anyway, that's one small feature. Uh, rounded mm -hmm. edges is another small feature. Uh, they have added a lot of snap features as well. So you can have more options in terms of like the grid layout, which is really cool for productivity. Why do you want rounded stuff. edges? Is it so you don't cut yourself on the windows or what? But you're, we're already getting to the third point. And you're talking about the second point already. So a little slow yeah. today, Sindarin. You just woke up. It's yeah. understandable. No, you're uh, another, fast, though. Another big uh, change, the Microsoft Store, which I don't know anybody that uses that currently. It's absolute garbage. Uh, they want to make it more accessible to everybody. So they're doing a few things that I think are really cool. Number one, they're not keeping a cut for apps, but in the fine print, I had to look it up, they are keeping it for games still. A certain cut, I guess. Ooh, but so here comes the gray area. When can you, yeah. when, how far can you go with your game while it's not a game? That's a life question more than anything. You submit something as an app mm -hmm. that is not a game, but it does have game elements in it. Is it a game? That's up to Microsoft to decide, I'm sure. Yeah, that's their problem. But there's Good. speculation that it would be, or maybe not speculation, but people are really hoping that Steam will become an app on the Microsoft Store, which mm -hmm. obviously Steam wouldn't do it if Microsoft's getting a cut. But at the same time, if you're going to put Steam on there from Microsoft's perspective, then people are actually going to use it. So you could see that working out. Also, you can use Android apps. That's the Wait, that's one of the coolest things sorry, for me. Repeat that. Why why is it good for Microsoft if people use Steam in general? No, it's good for them if people are using the Microsoft Store. Because uh, in order if you're to using get it, Steam. Right. Yeah, if you're using Steam on the Microsoft Store, then you're more likely to use other apps on the Microsoft Store. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you can use Android apps, which is very cool. So I can actually use Instagram on my PC. Not that I use a lot of Instagram anyway or WhatsApp and stuff like that. That's very nice. It's apparently going to be a free upgrade for people that have Windows 10, which is also very nice. Nice. And I mean, I watched a bunch of videos on a lot of the new stuff. It's just a lot of interface changes. Um, and yeah, I'm, I mean, it, it sounds like a nice evolutionary step. It's not crazy, which- So it sounds like the one thing I was hoping for is not there. There's literally one thing I was hoping for and that was performance improvement and it's not there. What do you mean it's not there? It's just because I didn't put it on the list? Yes. So I, assume if that, if, I assume if they said that the performance of Windows 11 would beat Windows 10 and like showed benchmarks or examples of what it's going to perform better as, that you would have noted it down here. So, okay, <laughs> number one, believe it or not, when there's a press release like this, that is not what's usually on people's minds because they're gamers, right? <sighs> Like gamers are only going to have that mentality. Why do people not care about how well their computer runs? Why is that not important? Well, number one, Cinderin, it's too early as well to know if it's going to be faster. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. Okay, here, here's the thing though. Okay, so on top of that, okay, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. I forgot to put this on the list. They're going to have support. I'm going to butcher this a bit. So I have a an SSD. It's called NVMe. 
Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. I it's think a so. Special yeah. kind of SSD that just goes straight into the motherboard. So they're gonna have you're gonna be able to use it in a more efficient way. I don't know the specifics to install games and stuff like that. So it's gonna have support. So your games actually will load faster using Windows 11. So that nice. is an actual thing. So that's, that's one good. performance thing you get for you. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I probably yeah. I mean, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe if we're in the minority, right? Because we care as much about games. I know for the average person that uses a computer, they maybe don't care about games or they don't care about the performance very much. But I feel like when you make a new operating system, it's at least should be a, a talking point. Like a pretty big portion of your segment still mm. will care about, hey, our operating system runs better. And these are the things that it will make better for you, like whether it's improved graphics implementation or better CPU usage or whatever it is, then that would be, you know, nice to know. That's what I, I was excited about. Well, again, like I'll mention that 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 will happen once it's closer to release, because right now it's like okay. an, like let's just call it an alpha, whatever the hell you want to call it, beta. So that'll come eventually. So you're saying they don't know yet what, what the final version is going to be. They just know, obviously, that, yeah, like you, it makes sense. Cause like the visual elements, you know what they're going to look like, but you don't necessarily know what the final performance benefits are. Sure. I'm going to just say sure and end it there. <laughs> Wait, so what did you mean instead then? No, we would hit. I, there's just too many things I don't know about this topic to have an informed uh -huh. discussion okay. about it. So I'm just going to assume it. that's correct. Got it. I mean, again, okay. I used to be in tech support, it used to be my thing. That was 10 years ago. I have not mm -hmm. been super in the know since then. I can build my computer. I do some research when I do so. Other than that, I've been out of the loop. So okay. either way, I'm excited because it's not a drastic change. It just looks like everything is improved on some level, even if it's just mostly visual. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always excited for new operating systems. So yeah, should be good. All right, and then the final topic, everybody's favorite game. Uh, Valorant, Cinderin. I wanted to talk about oh. this last week, but we had more pressing issues, of course. The 3.0, Season 3, if you want to call it that. Is it Episode 3? I never remember. Uh, they came out with a giant freaking patch. So I'm just going to briefly... You you did play some Valorant with me, and you enjoyed it. Yeah, so played a couple said. games. It's fun. They, they changed a few things, which I'll mention, and I want to talk about the new hero because it's always the most fun thing to talk about. Uh, so... Pretty much every agent got changed in some way. So the heroes that had, this was a big shock, but the heroes that had three flashes now have two. Some of them, they have a rechargeable flash uh, instead of having, you know, up to three. Uh, let's see. So they changed a lot of the prices of weapons. They changed moving accuracy, which is a real issue in the game. Um and utility costs so much more. That's the biggest change that I've found when I played that you just can't afford everything now. So you have to really pick and choose what you want to buy in terms of utility. Because if you, like in Counter-Strike, for people that play Counter-Strike, you, you lose your pistol round, you save second round, and then third round, you buy everything. Now, sometimes you can't afford everything round three. So it's a lot more... Uh, unforgivable, I guess, or you have to be more in the know in terms of the econ of the game, right? And yeah, there's a lot of like minor stuff, but I do want to talk like about nerfs overall. Just scrolling through it, like most things are slower or more expensive. Yeah, this is true. Damn, okay. they're doing a just nerf patch. How nice. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's been a lot of fun to watch the game and play. So I'm glad that they're 
at least being transparent about everything. Even if they make mistakes, like they've made some really terrible mistakes, but overall it's been good. So the new hero is named Kayo. It's K-A-Y-O. It's a robot. And I'm just going to describe his four abilities, which I don't even have up Mm -hmm. right now, so I'm just going to go off of memory. He's actually a very basic hero. He's an initiator, and he's basically a Counter-Strike hero. So his first ability is something you purchase. It's a grenade, essentially, except it pulsates. Mm -hmm. So you throw the grenade, and it does three pulses of damage, and then it goes away. Very basic. Second ability, a flashbang. Nothing special about it. You can throw it two ways. You can throw it overhand or underhand. And underhand allows you to kind of do a pop flash, where if it's behind you, you only partially get flash and you can just initiate. Again, very Counter-Strike-like ability. His third ability is the most OP part about him. He, it's his rechargeable one that he gets for free. It's a knife, and you throw it, and wherever it connects... Anything in a very large, right now, I think it's going to get nerfed, very large AoE, and it goes through buildings, large AoE are silenced. You cannot use abilities. What? You throw this knife on a door, and in a very large area, like I said, not only will it silence people there for like, I forget how long, it's like seven or eight seconds, but it will reveal who got silenced. So your whole team, okay. like you won't know where they are exactly. Like, you know, there's a, there's a hero that has an arrow called Sova. And you, you mm-hmm. shoot the dart and it actually pings them. And you can literally see them through the wall. Okay. You can't do that, but you can tell what hero it is through a wall without much way to actually destroy it. Because a Sova dart, at the very least, they can shoot it. This one you can shoot as well, but you have to have vision of it to shoot it. Otherwise, you know, it goes through a fucking yeah. wall. It's broken. So that sounds insane. That's his main ability. And then his ult is kind of cool. I think they're actually going to buff it after they nerf the, for the knife. His ult, you activate, and then for 20 seconds, in a pretty big radius around you, you're pulsating, you're silencing. It's around you. So it's similar to the knife. It pulsating around you, you get, uh, you get the silence off. You don't get you know to see what location or who's there, but you silence them. You shoot faster, and during your ult, if you die, people can pick you up, revive you. Okay. You have like 10 seconds to revive him if he dies in his ult. But the ult doesn't really last very long, so it doesn't really happen that often, honestly. Uh, overall, I've been playing the shit out of this, this agent, and he's, he's pretty fun. I think he's going to get buffed, actually, because his win rate is not good, surprisingly. What do you think about his name? Uh... I have no feeling. It, I'm glad it's pronounced K-O. Why? I mean, it's... It's K-O, right? Like, knockout. Yeah. That's how I read it, at least. Yeah. K-O. Okay. I mean, his ability names are actually kind of cool. Like, the flash is called Flash Drive. The knife is called Zero Point. The nade is fragment, and his ult is null command. So it's all like, you know. So it's robot-themed. Yeah, robot-themed. So I think it's a cool hero. Um, just needs some tweaks overall. I find it weird they called him KO and not KD. Kevin Durant? No, 
kill death. It's a shooter. <clears throat> Should be KDR a... then, right? Or KDA. Yeah, that would maybe be a little bit confusing to cast as well, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's Just a thought. Hey, oh. So yeah, that, that's the new agent, and that's the new patch for Valorant, the game that will overtake we play CSGO. Again. We should. We should. I'm always up to play Cinderin as long as you're awake. All right. Uh, let's get on to the Patreon mailbag. Are either of these questions up your alley? Oh, wow. We are at an hour 20 already. How the hell did we do an hour 20? Yeah, I told you. To don't be about? worried. We will have enough to talk about. <laughs> All right. Well, these have been sitting here for a while, so pick one. Okay. Let's do the top one. Okay, top one is from. Is that the name? I don't want to say their their email, so that's not right. Okay, so no, we're not sure who it's from. It's from the Wizards First Rule guy. Okay, he says I've been a thirty dollar right. patron for a while now. And I'm the I'm the guy who keeps asking you to to read Wizards First Rule. My mailbag question is this: Do you invest a certain percentage of your income into a long term asset? Stocks, retirement, crypto, etc. If not, then you should. I'm nearly 40, and it took me 38 years to finally nut up and do it. And now that I have, I hate myself so much for being skeptical, lazy, slash procrastinator. You guys are still young, so you could really benefit from a simple index fund from Vanguard. That sounds like a, uh, well, I was going to say Valorant, but obviously Dota as well. Cheers, and may you both prosper. So, Cinderin. I love that a guy who's nearly 40 is like, you guys are still young, and you're like, what, 36? <laughs> it's like 35. Okay. 35, okay, my bad. I'm almost 30, I'm 31 and a half. We are still young, but this 39-year-old or 38-year-old, <laughs> he's over the hill. It's just done, man. Those three years, you age a lot from 35 to 38. All right, what you got? Uh, yeah, I invest. Um, but not in crypto, though. So... I all of my investments are in stocks and bonds. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of in the same position as him that I probably should have started earlier. But I wouldn't say it was really skepticism on my part. It was more it was like, I don't know if I want to say if it was lack of interest or just not putting in the time and effort or lack of understanding of what the benefits are and what it comes with and all that. But uh, but yeah, I'm investing now. And it's something I keep track of basically every day. And it's nice. It's something to to pay attention to, to spend your money on, or well, I'm not spend, right? Something to invest your money on, but that's obviously what it is. So, okay. That's interesting because I'm it's on the other side. It's a way for your side. money to not just lie around. I am on the other side. I'm letting the money lie around, Cinderin. Uh, mm -hmm. I am too scared to invest in anything. I've almost done it twice. That's I, I don't know why. I just look, I know this is probably incorrect. Okay. I understand that, but I look at it as, because I know there's a lot of safe ones you can do. I just cannot get away from the, like this feeling that it's gambling. I don't know why. And I'm just not a guy that ever get like my entire life since I've been working, since I was 18 years old, I've basically spent my money on nothing but computer parts. Other than that. And Captain like, Straff 2.0. That's okay. That's, that's true. That, that is true. And that other was a than gamble. that, let me tell you, that was a real gamble. <laughs> That is true. I ended up getting the money back, though, eventually. It took years, but we, we found a way. Anyway, I, I don't... I, I would just save my money and do nothing with it. And I saved up for a house. And we bought a house a couple years ago. And that's literally the only thing that you could say I've invested in. Uh, 
Yeah, and that's also an investment, though. That's true. Right. It is, but at the same time, I know I'm being a bad boy and not doing any actual investments. Uh, but I'm scared. I don't like, I'm just fucking. Terrified. I don't like that narrative that that's a bad thing. I think that's totally up to you. Like whether you're comfortable with it and whether it's something you want to do for whatever reason or want to not do for whatever reason. I feel like, like the reason the reason I wish I did it a little bit earlier is obviously that. Especially because when I, I started investing in August last year, I think it was. Before that, I didn't invest anything. I had like I have like a, a tiny, tiny paper in the bank back then because it gave me benefits, right? Like the thing where you you buy a paper in the bank and therefore they let you have like a free card and some account benefits, whatever it is. I had that, but that was the only thing I had. So getting anything outside of the bank itself was last August for me. And again, the reason I wish I did it earlier is that it's been it's been good and that the primary reason, once again, that I didn't do it wasn't because it was not because I was scared of it or didn't like was specifically trying to avoid it. It was just that I was putting it off mm -hmm. It was something I was like, yeah, I know I could do this and I probably should, but I'll not do it yet. And ultimately, the thing that actually kickstarted me to do it. And if that hadn't happened, I don't even know if I would have invested yet. I might have still put it off was negative interest. I don't know if your banks have that right now. I, I'm i not going to pretend to know anything. I've okay. been told I need to refinance so, the house for years now, and I haven't done it because I'm a lazy piece of shit, and I feel like the bank is trying to fuck me over at every turn. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anything. So basically what happened, just I know this is maybe becoming a bigger segment than you wanted, but in Denmark, I don't know if this is the same in other countries or in every country or whatever, but uh, at some point during COVID, because of the way the economy was moving, the bank started putting a, a ceiling on how much money you can have in the bank before you pay negative interest on the money in the bank. Usually, when you have money in the bank, you either get a minor positive interest or you get nothing. And it's just sitting there and not changing. But they started pulling negative interest on stuff over a certain amount because of risk and because they need to make money with the people's money in there. So I was like, okay, if I need to start paying money to have money in the bank, I would rather invest it. And then even if the investment is a minor loss, I can write that off as that's what I would have lost anyway on just mm -hmm. having the money sit in the bank. And if it's a benefit, then that's obviously great, right? Then I profit. And I, again, should have probably done that uh, previously. But I, I'm not going to tell you you're stupid for not doing it. I think the stupid thing is to force yourself to do it if you don't want to or force yourself to not do it even though you want to. As long I as think... you... I acknowledge what the risks and rewards are and what you're getting yourself into and you're doing a bit of research and have a, a, at least a basic level understanding at that point yeah there's you could say it's gambling but the element of gambling becomes a lot lower the more you spread your investment right the thing that's gambling is putting your entire or a huge part of your money into In one company crypto. and hoping they do well <laughs> right yeah put all of your money into crypto and then crypto fucks up and you're like, fuck, I just lost 50% of what I'm worth. But yeah. if you invest into the entirety of the US market, for example, you just spread your assets across, then the only thing that you quote unquote lose on is if the US loses. If the US profits in general, you will profit too because you have quote unquote gambled on all the companies at once, right? So if some lose, but more win, you win. Um, and then it's about being able to have the money sit for years, right? Like if you don't if you don't need the money right now, then historically speaking, there's growth every year. And if there is a worse year or a bad year, you hold and you wait and then it will go better in the future, right? 
So yeah, I mean, so I, that's that's it. But I, I respect that, that you don't uh, want to. I don't think that's a bad thing. Personally, I do. I think that totally this is an incorrect decision, and I'm just too scared. So yeah, but then it's not an incorrect decision if it makes you feel comfortable. If you're stressed out and uncomfortable, let's look at it this way. Let's say you could make three percent more money every year from interest, or not from interest, from stocks, right? Then if the if that comes with the stress and the uncertainty of feeling uncomfortable all the time, yeah, you're making money, but is it worth it feeling miserable over? No. So if you're uncomfortable, don't do it. Like the money isn't worth it then, mm. right? Yeah. But if you if you're like if you feel comfortable, if you feel safe, then yeah, go for it. You, it's probably gonna on average make you money. Uh, but yeah, I, I would definitely not want to live with the Got stress it. of feeling not that it's the same. That every not day. that Don't investing that. is the same as gambling in all cases. But mm -hmm. if I had bet on the Suns to make the fucking finals, you know how much money I would have made, Cinderin? I don't know. It Probably was actually it, it, it. We're the first team, I think, in NBA history to not make the playoffs prior and go to the finals. Mm. Pretty oh, sure. Wow. So it's yeah, that must yeah. have been really good. Really good. Okay, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, we got some great financial advice for you guys out there. Don't do things you're not interested in, or don't make you feel comfortable. Um, you can use that in all walks of life, actually. So, all right. So until next time, Suns Fan Center signing out. Good day, good evening, good goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. We say Subscribe. things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.